Chapter Six of the Wonderful Bed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wonderful Bed by Gertrude Nevels. Chapter Six, Aboard the Merry Mouser. When Rudolph and Ann and the False Hare, under guard of Growler and Prowler, reached the deck of the Merry Mouser, they found Peter dressed in a dry suit of pirate clothing and looking none the worse for his wedding. He was being closely watched by a big Maltese pirate, whose strong paw with its sharp claws outspread rested on his shoulder, but as Rudolph and Ann were led past him he managed to whisper, "'Look out! Mittens is awful cross at us!' Foolish Ann paid no attention to this warning. She was so glad to see her Aunt Jane's pet again that she snatched her hand out of Prowler's paw and ran toward the pirate chief. "'Kitty, Kitty, don't you know me?' she cried. "'Oh, Puss, Puss!' For a moment Captain Mittens stood perfectly silent, bristling to the very points of his whiskers with passion. Then he ordered in a hoarse kind of growl, "'Bring the bags!' Instantly, two ugly black-and-white spotted cats dived into the little cabin and brought out an armful of neat black cloth bags with drawing strings in them. "'One moment,' commanded Mittens in a very stern voice. "'Any plunder?' Growler, the mate, bowed low before his chief. "'Here's a very handsome weapon, sir,' said he, handing over Rudolph's sword. "'Nothing else on the little one, sir.' This ear gentleman, pointing to the false hair, was loaded down with jewels. Hearty cheers sprang from the furry throats of the crew, while broad grins spread over their whiskered faces as they listened to this pleasing news. Silence! snarled Mittens, and every cat was still. Now then, he commanded Growler, hand them over. Very much against his will, Growler emptied his pockets of the false hare's jewelry and handed it over to his chief. Mittens took the gold watch and chain, the flashing pin and studs, the beautiful diamond ring, and put them all on, glaring defiantly at his crew as he did so. So fierce was that scowl of his, so sharp and white the teeth he flashed at them, so round and terrible his gleaming yellow eyes, that not a cat dared object though the faces of all plainly showed their anger and disappointment at this unfair division of the spoils. "'Now, what's in there?' demanded Mittens, as he gave a contemptuous kick to the false hare's dress-suit case. Growler opened it and took out a dozen paper collars, a little pair of pink paper pajamas, and a small black bottle labeled Hair Restorer. "'All of them worth about two cents retail,' snorted Mittens, with a bitter look at the false hair. "'And that umbrella, I see, is not made to go up. Ha! Drowning's too good for you.' "'I feel so myself, sir,' said the false hair humbly. "'You see,' he added, wiping away a tear with the back of his paw, "'I'm so fond of the water.' Mittens thought a moment, keeping his eye firmly fastened on the hair. "'I'll fix you,' he cried. "'I'll tie you up in one of those bags.' The false hare put his paw behind his ear. "'Bags?' said he. "'Excuse me, sir, but did you say bags?' "'Yes, I did,' roared the pirate chief. "'Bags! Bags! Bags!' "'Oh, 
thank you cried the false hare cheerily just my favorite resting place a nice snug bag mind you have them draw the string tight won't you mittens flew into a terrible passion i have it he roared i'll send you adrift here boys get that boat ready then the hare began to cry to sob to beg for mercy till the children felt actually ashamed of him look here mittens rudolph began captain mittens corrected the pirate coldly it was hard for rudolph but he dared not anger the pirate cat any further don't hurt him please captain mittens he begged he's only a then he stopped for the false hare was making a terrible face at him behind the handkerchief with which he was pretending to wipe his eyes tie his paws commanded mittens without so much as a look at rudolph there that's a nice bit of string hanging out of his pocket take that now chuck him in the boat in a trice the black and white spotted cats who seemed to be common sailors had tied the false hare's paws behind him with his own string lowered him into the mice's little boat from which they had already removed the oars gave it a push and sent him cruelly adrift oh rudolph cried tender-hearted anne what will become of him poor old hare poor old hare came back a dismal echo from the little boat already some distance away then they saw that the false hare had freed his paws that string must have been made of paper like his clothes and his umbrella and was standing up in his boat waving a gay farewell to all aboard the merry mouser good-bye kidlets he called in mocking tones hope you have a good time with the tabbies and then to mittens good-bye old whiskers at this insult to their chief all the pirate cats began firing their revolvers but their aim must have been very poor indeed as none of their shots came anywhere near the hare's boat indeed a great many of the cats had forgotten to load their weapons though they kept snapping away at their triggers as if that did not matter in the slightest the false hare merely bowed kissed his paw to captain mittens and then began using his silk hat as a paddle so skillfully that in a few moments he was far beyond their range growler edged up to prowler i say old chap he chuckled i suppose that's what they mean by a hair-breadth escape prowler grinned it's one on the chief anyway said he joyfully not a breath of wind you know not so much as a cat's paw no chance of a chase what's that captain mittens had crept up behind the two mates and bawled in prowler's ear what's that no wind why not i'd like to know what do you mean by running out of wind header for catnip island this instant or i'll have you skinned yes sir i'll do my best sir answered prowler meekly but you see sir the breeze haven't died sir it'll be a tough job to get the merry mouser prowler the chief who had been standing close beside the unlucky mate while he spoke now came closer yet and fixed his terrible eye on prowler's shining whiskers how long he asked speaking very slowly and distinctly is it since you have tasted mouse prowler trembled all over uh, a week sir he mumbled that is i couldn't swear to the date sir but twas at my aunt's and she never has a settee on a monday for that's wash day nor on a tuesday for that's missionary so it must have been no use twon't work prowler 
The chief grinned and waved a paw to one of the spotted sailors. Here, you! Bring along the cat-o'-nine-tails. At this the children were immediately very much interested, for they had never in their lives seen a cat with more than one tail. It would take nine times as much pulling, Rudolph was whispering to Peter, when he noticed a new commotion among the sailors. The black-and-white sea-cat had turned to carry out the chief's order, when suddenly someone called out, "'A breeze! A breeze!' and in the excitement of getting the merry mouser under way, the captain's attention was turned, and Prowler and his crime were forgotten. All this time Anne and Rudolph and Peter had been standing a little apart from the rest, under guard of the Maltese pirate, at whose feet lay the dreadful black bags, all ready for use. In the confusion Rudolph turned to Anne and whispered, "'Do you suppose we could possibly stir up a mutiny? Prowler must be pretty sore against the chief.' If we could only get him and Growler on our side and make them help us seize Mittens and drop him overboard. But Anne shook her head, and as for Peter, he doubled up his little fists and cried out loud, Nobody shan't touch my Mittens! I don't care if he is a pirate cat. I'm going to ask my Aunt Jane if I can't take him home with me to 34th Street. Shh! Anne whispered, putting her hand over his mouth. But it was too late. Mittens had crept stealthily up behind Peter and now he popped one of the black bags over his head. At the same instant, Anne, kicking and struggling, vanished into another, held open by two of the spotted cats, and before Rudolph could rush to her rescue, a third bag descended over his own head. It was no use struggling, yet struggle they did, till Mittens sent three of the spotted sailors to sit on them, and then they soon quieted down. There were one or two small breathing holes in each bag, or else the children would surely have suffocated, so stout and heavy were those spotted cats. After what seemed to them a very long time, a cry of, Land Ho! was raised, and the cats got up and rushed away to join in the general fuss and confusion of getting the merry mouser ready for her landing. Rudolph had been working his hardest at one of the holes in his bag, and soon he was able to get a good view of his immediate surroundings. "'Cheer up,' he called to Anne and Peter. "'We're coming close to the island.' "'Has it got coral reefs and palm trees and coconuts and savages? "'Friendly ones, I mean,' came in muffled tones from Anne's bag. "'Has it got monkeys and serpents and turtles and, and shellfish?' demanded Peter from his. "'No,' said Rudolph. "'I don't see any of those things yet. "'There are a great many trees, some of them coming most down to the edge of the water,' But they're not palm trees, they're willows, the kind you pick the little furry gray things off in early spring. Pussy willows, of course, stupid, interrupted Anne. Yes, and back of that there are fields with tall reeds or grasses with brown tips to them. Cattails, giggled Anne. And there's a big high cliff, too, with a little stream of water running down, and... But here Rudolph stopped, for Growler and Prowler rushed up, cut the strings of the three bags, and released the children from their imprisonment. Hardly did they have time to stretch themselves before the merry mouser brought up alongside her landing place, and in a moment more the children were being led ashore, each under guard of a cat pirate, to prevent escape. End of chapter 6